HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by Q Drinks, carbonated mixers made for your cocktail. Visit their website at qdrinks.com. That's Q, the letter, drinks.com. I'm Dave Arnold, host of Cooking Issues. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm Damon Bolte, and my co-host Souther Teague is not here today. I uh, picked a really great week to leave uh, and go to St. Martin uh, as we sit here in the rainy cold. <laughs> that's okay. It's cool, man. You know, karma will come back. Or I think that's karma, like actually treating him well, right? That's yeah. I think he deserves it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he works kind of hard. I don't he's know if a, he, yeah, he's, he's told you or not, but yeah. yeah. I've heard, oh, I've heard about it. <laughs> I've heard all about how hard he works. <laughs> all right. Well, I hope you're having a good time out there, Souther. Um, today we're going to talk with our buddy uh, head bartender at Death and Company, and recently the Diageo World Class Champion in the U.S. Yes, sir. Uh, welcome to the show. Uh, welcome to the show, Tyson. Bueller. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, man. Glad to be here. Yeah, man. You know, I I was telling you before the show, like you know, thirty minutes goes by really quickly. Um, shit, man. You have it's. I, I didn't realize this, man, but you've been the head bartender over at Death and Company for almost a year now. Yeah, it seems like yesterday to me, man. It, it, you know, it does to me too. It's crazy how time flies like that. And I was just telling you, yeah, my my four year anniversary is coming up in New York, and I mean, I can still remember moving into my first spot. You know, it's crazy how time flies in this city. Yeah, man. Yeah, you moved here from uh, Arizona, which is where you met <clears throat> Jillian Vose. I did. Yeah, yeah. Jillian and I used to work together at a, a great little resort called the Sanctuary, and it's really cool little cocktail bar that kind of got things started in Phoenix, Scottsdale area, which is pretty great. And then uh, she called on me and moved out here, and you know. She called me about two weeks later before I knew it. I was behind the bar at Ethanco, you know, staring at 90 che- nameless <laughs> cheaters behind the bar, <laughs> figuring out how to jigger in the dark, you know? <laughs> oh, man, that must have been crazy for you, right? Yeah, yeah, it really was, man. Was I mean, I, I imagine, like, a resort uh, cocktail bar in Arizona is probably pretty, like, sunshiny and light <laughs> and bright. I mean, it, I don't know. I've never. It was like it. Yeah, literally the exact opposite, yeah. All <laughs> windows, like, overlooking, you know, a valley with the sun and then, you know. 
I've been living the last oh, four man. years in a, in a you know, dark bar with no windows. But well, you know. before we before we get too much into that, tell me about the uh, the experience because we've had Jillian on the show a couple times before, and uh, I mean, obviously, I feel like Death and Company and places like Death and Company PDT uh, before like Milk and Honey, you know. Um, those are very like iconic. It's a very iconic New York City bar style, you know, like Little Branch. Uh, sure, you know, behind a door, dark, sexy. You know, what what was like the, <clears throat> the overall vibe in Arizona when you were there? Uh, you know, quite the opposite. Um, that kind of style is, you know, I hate the term speakeasy, right? I mean, the, the yeah. name's on the door, but um, yeah, that style... It's the name of the show, and I, 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 I hate it, but... <laughs> uh, yeah, that style didn't exist. I mean, Arizona was that very kind of open. I mean, it, you know, take advantage of the weather. It's, it's beautiful the majority of the year down there, other than a couple of hot months, but... Um, so everything was outdoor patios, and yeah. so to come to New York, and it's you know you feel like you're in the city when you're at a bar that's kind of dark and a little bit gloomy sure. and a little more kind of exclusive to get into. I think you know has that city feel that places like Arizona don't really carry. Yeah, I mean like that's something that I really miss about Oklahoma. Um, is that like when you were well, first of all, I don't miss driving everywhere, <laughs> right? Uh, right. Yeah. I mean because you had to drive everywhere in Arizona yeah. too. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, it was really easy to find parking to that. In fact, you know, uh, but all the places you go to would have like big patios, and it was such a big deal. And, you know, it is a big deal in the Southwest and like on the West Coast. Yeah, and, sure. You know, um, and it does definitely promote a different style of drinking. Um, I think I, I don't know which one I prefer. I mean, I guess it's I guess it's situational. You know. Um, yeah, and I think you see it in New York, right, with the rooftop bars. Um, you know, sure. I mean, there's a few kind of better programs that are popping up and doing some good drinks on rooftops, but. When you're out there in the sunshine, like the middle of the day, I guess you're not really like, thinking about you know craft cocktails to say, right? You kind of yeah. maybe want a light beer, you want a margarita, you want something kind of just to, like relax on and not think about it as much, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Me and my old drummer sat down at this patio. It's a place in Oklahoma City called Pearls. It's a moisture bar. And we had uh, 79 mimosas <laughs> in one sitting between the two of us. And I don't know who won. We just we got the bill and it was 79 I don't know who won up to the other person. <laughs> was there a winner in that? There's not really. <laughs> but you know what? We were just talking before this. Actually, that's funny because we were just talking before the show about like after after this show, I have to uh, I have to go take my tips certification <laughs> for insurance policy at work. That shit did not exist. Tips didn't exist back then, you know, because it, the first thing they will tell you is uh, don't serve too weird. Tattooed, bearded dudes, <laughs> like in the middle of the, yeah. the hot Oklahoma sun. Responsible drinking mimosas. is not, I suppose. Yeah, you know what? Actually, I, what happened is they ended up bringing out like they just kept bringing out bottles of prosecco, and they had like carafes of orange juice. Yeah, your vitamin like, C intake. I though, think man. Just, you were good to go for a while. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, yeah the hangover lasted probably if if I still got hangovers back then. I don't know if I even. I don't know if I was ready to get hangovers. I was young. I was younger, you know. Um, I don't know if they started yet. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> if it was now, I would just die. I'd <laughs> right. be dead. Yeah. It, no matter, like, no matter, uh, like, no amount of vitamin C would bring me back from that one. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> so patio drinking, <laughs> yes, it's quite different than uh, New York City. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. It, it's definitely something I kind of miss a little bit. You know, yeah. it is nice to be able to sit outside on a patio and just kind of relax and. You know, a little bit, you know, quieter out in Arizona for sure. But, you know, that's definitely something you kind of miss in New York for sure. Yeah. So, like, the transition from moving from there to here, uh, did you kind of have to – I mean, you must have had to recalibrate a lot of the things that you were doing, like – 
Tell yeah. Me about that. I mean, everything, right? I mean, you know, sold my car in Arizona, moved out here. Um, you know, I learned pretty quickly the lack of space in the city, which is something, you know, just completely foreign to me growing up in Kansas and then Arizona. So that was definitely quite a shock. Um, just the idea of walking everywhere in Arizona, like you said, you know, walk, you drive everywhere. Yeah. It's two or three blocks you're driving there. Um, so it definitely like changes the culture quite a bit, I think. Um, sure. You know, it, when you're driving everywhere, people, I don't know if they drink less, but you have to be more concerned about where you're drinking in a place like Arizona. You can't just bar hop all over the city because you're driving. And Uber helps now, I suppose. That wasn't there when I was living in Arizona. But yeah, I think kind of the walking city culture has kind of been one of the biggest things and the biggest, really such a cool part of this city, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, only in the past, like maybe. Like, I'd say maybe, like, three or four years has, like, where I'm from, from Oklahoma City, uh, has it become more of a walking city. Yeah. I mean, you have to drive to get to those destinations, but there's more concentration of cool places that are walkable, you know? So, if you do drive to, like, say, Midtown, and you want to go out for the night, you can hit, like, you know, three or four bars. Right. And then uber home if you have to sure yeah you know you don't have to hop around you, you take one you drive there take one uber there or just uber whatever what yeah you, for sure it's, it's that that get the uber people on this show david right <laughs> yeah let's let's figure that out we'll get aaron fairbanks on that uh yeah arizona's the same way too it, it's been pretty great to see it kind of grow over the last i don't know half decade something like that where now you can go downtown and you can go to numerous bars and you're not just going down there just for you know a sporting event or something like that and so definitely kind of the neighborhoods are popping up and becoming their own uh, separate entities rather than a big city, which is great to see in Arizona. Yeah. I think it's happening in a lot of places. Like you said, it Oklahoma is, City, sure. Kansas City, Dallas, wherever you are. You know what I mean? Yeah, like uh, St. Louis and Kansas City, like for sure, are like two of the biggest ones I think have really popped up lately. Um, yeah, it's 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 pretty incredible just like the way – like it's – I I say it – I sound like a broken record all the time, but man, it's like just really – it really is a very exciting – it's like the most exciting time to be in this industry. It's cool, man. You know, with the with the world class stuff, I've gotten to travel a lot over the country. Yeah. We're doing a lot of education stuff, so um, and we've been popping. I think we've done something like fourteen cities already this fall, and so you get to go to all these cities that maybe I wouldn't normally go to, and to see the scene there and the amount of people that are coming out to these you know education seminars and then going to their bars afterwards. It's amazing to see how it's grown just compared to five years ago. Um, and the, the proliferation of bars that actually give a shit, you know, it, it's pretty cool to see. Yeah. I mean, the, yeah, it, just the amount of, like to, to, it used to be like, like when my band would be on tour, my old band would be on tour, we could like pop into different cities and not even know where the hell we were staying that night. And I was actually talking with Southern about this, uh, last week, uh, after the show, you know, you go to the uh, city and you, you'd have no idea, like, what the clothes like, you know, play the show. You're like, fuck, we're not, no one's going to come out. And then it's like, oh, man, you should stay with us tonight. <laughs> like, well, really? Cool, man. Like, yeah, we'll cook you dinner. You know, that, that's the kind of stuff that was happening on tour back then. And just like, it feels that, like, from that being like 15 years ago to now, it's the same kind of vibe with the bar community where, like, if you pop into, if the, you just happen to find yourself in like Boise, Idaho, just pulling that one out. Like through social media, you can actually just throw it out there and be like, "Hey, who should I go see? Like, what, what should I do? Like, do I know anyone in the city? You know?" Yeah. And then it just kind of happens. It's a beautiful thing. Like the, I think after you know the the, the growth of uh, and the awareness of what 
what it is that we do and the education that's out there, everything. I think the community is like just it's really incredible, man, and how it's very nurturing of of all the. You know, it, like, it's like for sure, man. Yeah, and it's it's been really great as I've like been doing a little bit of traveling and um, yeah. I, actually, I heard you. I was listening to your last week's show mm-hmm. uh, a couple of days ago, and you guys talked a lot about that community about how you know you got a friend in every bar and every city in the country and in the world, which is great. But like, I kind of love like popping into cities now and not having an itinerary, right? And just like yeah. talking to the bartenders and just figuring out where to go next. And it, it, it's pretty cool. And they you know they can steer you into so many great directions now that maybe wasn't there. Maybe it just wasn't the style we we're looking for. You know, there's, there's always been great bars, obviously. But well, this community is based on like you know cocktails, right? It is, sure. but yes. you know what, man? We all like dive bars. I mean, we're, yeah. Where, where do we all end up at midnight? You know exactly. what I mean? Like, yeah. and so that's not something that's usually on the radar if you're in a, uh, a city where you know like one or two cocktail bars yeah. uh, that exist. Uh, maybe they just have one or two cocktail bars. But you know what? I bet that city's got like a ton of like historic shit going sure. on, and yeah. that's the stuff I like to see too. Yeah, and those are the great bars. No like doubt about it. Yeah. A weirdo hole in the wall, like taco joint, like yeah, that's where I want to go. Yeah, I don't want to go to like the the one like weird Michelin star that's in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> like, take me to. The, I do want to go there. I mean, don't get me wrong, yeah. but like, take me to that taco place. Man. Yeah, you know, I think bars and restaurants, like you know, they get better with time. You know, if, if they can if they can withstand the the economy and the community, like. You're definitely, there's something about like walking into a bar that's been there for 30 years, and you know, there's some old curmudgeon behind the bar, but yeah. a bar stuck around for a reason, you know. Yeah. So, what are some of your uh, favorite spots that you've seen being on the Diageo World Class kind of tour? Like, like some spots that you didn't know about that kind of surprised you in, in certain cities. Yeah, I got to spend a little time in Austin a few weeks ago, which was really fantastic. I, I'd never really been down there, so. Um, Got to kind of bounce around a little bit. Um, down on Rainy, got half step down there, mm-hmm. uh, Chris Bostick's bar, which is just fantastic. It, it, it's definitely a cocktail bar, but that whole vibe of Austin is very just kind of relaxed. Yeah, like a lot of outdoor yeah. space, like we were talking totally. about. So it feels just real chill and nice. Um, Dallas has some really cool spots popping up. Um, Denver is always one of my favorite cities. You know, the stuff that sure. Sean Kenny has got over there, Wayne's the Grand, and then Occidental is, you know. It's one of those bars where you find yourself the other night just playing pinball and stuff like that. So, I mean, those are just a couple spots, but really kind of all over the country right now. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think there's a, also, you know, with, um, with, I guess, Dallas always like, <laughs> I don't want to hate on Dallas. I have in the past. I'm not going <laughs> to hate on it anymore. I'm, I'm happy to see that it's coming around. Like, uh, yeah, it, it, <laughs> no, like, it was cool, man. We were uh, we were down there, and I, I actually I couldn't tell you the name of any of the bars we were at, but it was, it was very much kind of a neighborhood feel. The area we were in, and it's cool bars. We had we had a great dinner. It was kind of bounced around a couple of other patios, and it was cool. It just felt like a neighborhood. You know, you didn't feel like you were in Dallas. You weren't right next to a freeway. It didn't feel like a big city. Yeah. It felt just like a, a cool little town. That's been needing to happen for a long time because it it is very like it's a lot of fucking freeways, man. For sure, and yeah. it's very it's very sprawled out. But you know, like. Then you get to a neighborhood like Lower, Green, uh, Lower Greenville, you know, and then you've got like some cool spots. And I don't know, it's 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 cool to see that they're starting to expand there in such a major hub city. I I feel like it was the same way with Brooklyn though for a long time. It's like Brooklyn is like a very iconic city in the United States, and like there's like not a lot going on for there's no right. like there's like Peter Luger's basically <laughs> right that was it man. some great some great pizza spots and uh, yeah yeah but like no one would go to Brooklyn for for anything like <laughs> and if you did like make people would think you were lost and <laughs> like yeah but yeah for sure I mean I can't speak to that too much because I you know I moved here four years ago and moved right into Brooklyn when things were really starting to happen yeah. so it was pretty cool when I moved here to like see all that stuff really going down but yeah and I talked to people that have lived here for a while and 
you know, 10 years ago, they weren't stepping foot in Williamsburg, right? Like, oh, man. Yeah. Not at all. It's it's the craziest thing to see. Like, I've been here for 11 years, and, like, even even then, just seeing, like, it's, it's insane, man. Yeah. It's insane. But, like, there's, like, just kind of, like, create cultural renaissance, if you want to call it. I don't know. Um, it's happening everywhere. So... I'm glad to see it. Yeah, doing. it's cool. I mean, you know, think about where we're sitting right now. Roberta is like, what a wild place to have, you know, a radio show and this really cool restaurant that's open during the day and you know, the middle of the week and there's 50 people in here. You know, that's pretty wild. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah man. It's, <laughs> it's a wild world. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> Let's take a quick break. and When we get back, we'll sure. continue talking with Tyson Buehler uh, at the company. This one's Greenwood Cemetery by Teeth People. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Jordan Silbert, founder and CEO of Q Drinks, and we're proud to support the Speakeasy. At Q Drinks, we make spectacular carbonated mixers crafted to perfectly complement your favorite spirits. Based in Brooklyn, we're available nationally in six flavors, including Q Tonic Water for spectacular gin and tonics and Q Ginger Beer for spectacular Moscow mules. Typical carbonated mixers are made with unpronounceable ingredients by multinational corporations, sweetened beyond recognition with high fructose corn syrup, and add absolutely nothing to the drinking experience. Here at Q Drinks, we're the complete opposite. Crafted with real ingredients, carefully sourced from around the world, Q drinks are more flavorful, less sweet, and have much more carbonation than you'll find in other mixers. The result of this fanatical attention to detail is clean, crisp, spectacular beverages that bring out the best in your favorite spirits. Using Q drinks, it's easy to create delicious, sophisticated cocktails with just two pours. One to two ounces of your favorite spirit, three to four ounces of Q, poured over ice in a highball glass. Simple. Spectacular. Q drinks. Make your drink spectacular. And we are back. You're listening to the Speakeasy on Heritage Radio Network. And in the studio today, we have Tyson Bueller of Death and Company. And we talked a little bit about, like, well, we talked a lot about it, your, your transition from Arizona to New York and talked a little bit about world class. That's, first of all, that's. Awesome, man. Congratulations. Thanks, man. It always seemed like a really stressful thing to me, but it sounds like you had a really good time with it. Yeah, I mean, it's incredibly stressful. <laughs> There's no way around it, you know what I mean? I think, you know, during the competition, you know, bless my girlfriend, she put up with me, because it's a, it's a stressful time, for sure. But, you know, that's, that's kind of what makes it great. It's, it's such a challenging thing to take part in that, you know, to be able to win was, was a really great feeling. Yeah. Totally, man. What was, like, one of the craziest challenges that they had you to... Yeah, I, I mean, the challenges are difficult, right? Like, the speed round's always kind of, it's the fun one, it's the high-pressure one, you know, it's when you have the most eyes on you and all that. But I think the the real challenge of that competition is, like, it's keeping your energy up over a couple days. Yeah. When you've got six challenges or whatever that is, and, and then trying to impress in each one of those, when you have a lot of downtime in between, I think that's maybe the biggest challenge of that it's competition. like a lot of hurry-up-and-wait. Yeah, like for green sure. Green room time. Yeah, sitting in the green room with, you know, the 15 other competitors kind of all just staring at each other for three hours until yeah. you have to get up and then, you know, Put on your game face and you know, you know, yeah. give a show. But yeah, I think that's kind of the most challenging part of that is really just keeping your energy up and then. Yeah, yeah. I've been in in that situation before with a TV show. How many people in the green room were like 
working on their stuff, and how many of them were actually like on their laptops or their phones doing like actual work, like for their bars? <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, for like, sure. Yeah. <laughs> it was like everyone. <laughs> we were all like on our laptops, just trying to like do orders and like catch up on emails. You're right. Yeah. No one was like because you don't really know what the challenge is, so you can't really practice a lot of times. You know, like yeah, they just throw it on you, so it's you can catch up a little bit, you know, with your buddies and. <laughs> And then the rest of the time, you're just putting orders in <laughs> until your turn. Yeah, it's, it's always kind of an awkward thing to say in that room. You know, some people are, like, really focused and practicing. Like, I, I personally would just, like, put my headphones on and, like, try to zone out, you know. But it's kind of interesting to, like, watch the dynamic of everybody sitting in those rooms. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone has their, their own way, you know. Um, I personally just listen to Joni Mitchell like crazy <laughs> and have some, some chamomile tea. All right. All right. That's sounds, sounds relaxing. It's nice. It is. It's very relaxing. Um, so, uh Going back to Death Company, so it's been a year, almost. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of the major changes you've seen uh, over the last year since you've become the head bartender? I mean, like one thing you said, uh, now the cheater bottles are labeled, I believe. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Jill. Yeah. <laughs> she uh, yeah. I mean, that was kind of the challenge of taking over that program. It's, you know, it, when I took over, it just had its nine-year birthday, so... Um, Walking it, into some big ass shoes. It's, it's yeah. some big ass shoes, man. It's a lot of a lot of really fantastic bartenders have gone through there, and you know it's it's, it's a busy bar every night. You know we're we're very blessed for that, so it makes you think, you know, why change? What's not broken, right? But at the same time, coming up on ten years, I think myself, um, Dave, Alex, and Robbie, and the whole team really wanted to kind of try to reinvent ourselves a little bit. You know, you know, try not to throw away all the good work that's been done, but really try to kind of put our stamp and, and reinvent. You know, while we are a busy bar, it's it's easy to kind of fall out of the limelight when it, with there's so many new and great bars opening all the time. So kind of tried to reposition ourselves, I think <clears throat> was the most important thing for, for me and the team. So, um, we, we, you know, we, we tried to relax the bar a little bit. We tried to, you know, take away some of those old kind of curmudgeonly ideas that were behind the bar, whether sure. it be, you know, no hats and no flash and stuff like that. I think, you know, as we've seen, the cocktail age kind of grow yeah. that we've kind of had to throw away a few of those things that we, you know, we held very closely in the beginning. Yeah, but, but you and, and you were talking about, you know, at, at prime meets, you're sitting there hand juicing everything, you know, cause it looked cool. And then finally you looked at it and you're like, all right, does this make sense for the guests? Does this make sense for our team? And so all those kind of things. Yeah. But there was also, you know, mentioned wardrobe. It's like, you know, we've talked about it before on the show a couple of times. It's like, we, ha- we had to do that just to like, right. Make people understand like, we're professionals, yeah, you know, and this course. is like, like you're walking to an old school style, like establishment, uh, and we're pros. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So just like a pro. Yeah. And nowadays I think it's like, we've got, we've gotten the, you know, the opportunity to relax a little bit. Sure. So I think that's cool. Um, the, uh, the flash thing that you said, <laughs> <laughs> What do you mean by flash? Uh, you know, we're in an Instagram age now, right? Like, yeah. uh, so I mean, for the longest time, if you flash, like we asked you yeah. not to flash. Like a totally. lot of lot of the bars, you know, kind of back then was no pictures, blah blah blah. Right. It'll be on your phone. So, I think you know, as we've seen that it's you know, Instagram, social media is, is the way the press has kind of moved these days. And so to tell yeah, people not sure. to take flash photography is is, is kind of silly. You know, at the same time, it, it's a dark room. We don't want to disrupt people's experience. And sure. so we, we try to curb it a little bit. But that's just like one of those little small things. I think we kind of had to step back and take a look at the way we were doing some things. Yeah. Um, do you still have like a no cell phone policy? No, not at all. Yeah. 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 I think that's, I think people, for the most part, get it now. It's like, don't right. talk on your phone in the bar. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things that people are doing. I think you can compli- politely just 
ask people yeah. to, you know, take their call outside or something. You know, you're trying to create, create an experience not only for that person, but for everyone around them as well, right? Yeah. So kind of trying to keep that vibe for the whole room is important. Totally. I, and, you know, the uh, with the book that came out, I mean, geez, you must be seeing, I, I would say, a different uh, clientele, but, like, just maybe more, like, expanded clientele, really. Yeah, definitely. I mean, because like you, like we were saying before the show, you, you guys. I mean, you always have because, uh, you know, you've been in the limelight. I don't think you're going to be missing out on that at all. Right, uh, no, of course not. But, um, but, you know, you do get a lot of people who come into town that are wanting to pop around at different cocktail sure, bars, and, yeah. and you're like up on their list. You know, yeah, cocktail tourism, man. It's a thing. It is a thing. Man. <laughs> it's a real thing. You know. Um, I can't tell you how many guests we get a night that, you know, open up a list or they're on their phones looking at it and they ask you where they go next and they want three or four bars to go their next stops, yeah. you know, um, or they come in and they have half a cocktail and they, and they got to run because PDT just called. Right. You know, so. Sure. Yeah. Um, I, and I think the book definitely did a lot of that. It definitely kind of expanded the reach. Yeah. Um, we see a lot more international guests than I think we, we used to because of that. Um, and the book's almost two years old and, you know, it's great. We still get people coming in and they want to buy the book and they want to talk about it. And um, I think it's been me. I don't know if more influential, but I think it's been a little, for me, I think it had a bigger reach than I expected it to, mm-hmm. um, which has been really fantastic. And it's been great feedback from it. Well, I mean, to me, the perception of the book is that, it, well, the book and the bar, the bar had always been, you know, since it opened and it kind of had to be very exclusive, you know, sure. like very tight and dark. And, you know, like it was, you know, like you're coming here. This is not like, you know, no, not everyone gets in here, you know, right. like, yeah, welcome. We're going to do this. We're going to show you how we do it. We're going to go to cocktail church, you know, right. And, sure. uh, please be respectful and stuff. And like you said, kind of like loosening up a little bit and with the flash photography and things. Like, um, that's one thing. The book to me, like once you put out a book of your bar, then you can't be so exclusive anymore. <laughs> You're putting it out there to the sure. world, you know? So yeah. I think, to me, that's also you're kind of giving away some some of your secrets, you know. Yeah, hundred percent, man. I mean, there was yeah, the book was uh, completely transparent. I mean, all the recipes in there, are exactly the way the recipes are made. You know, yeah. there was nothing being held back from anyone reading that book. Um, you know, I mean, with our the way our seating policy is, there still is a little bit of that ex- exclusivity because we are seating only, and, and we yeah. love that about the bar. You know, sure. you can still come in and just sit down and just enjoy a cocktail. And you, if you want to you know, talk bitters with us, we'll talk bitters if you want. You know what I mean? But yeah, um, so I, mean, I don't want people reaching over you grabbing shots while you're. You're sitting there trying to enjoy a cocktail the company you're with i guess more importantly but yeah. yeah i think that's great i think you should keep that i think everyone would agree with me there but yeah. like you know like i'm saying like putting a book out there um for you know it 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 promotes uh an inclusive vibe you know and also with the content of the book being partially uh little blurbs on your regular customers yeah then it also promotes that inclusive vibe yeah so i think at you know eight years nine years when it came out i think it's right it, like to me it, like just seems so right like the timeline you know and, and yeah and i don't know it's just cool yeah it's cool and, and we've kind of we've taken it a step further too we just we just launched a new menu a couple weeks ago that kind of just completely changed the way we've done things too. Um, yeah. It has it has photography and imagery and colors, and oh, wow. it's it's pared down quite a bit. We cut the cocktails about in half, around like thirty now. So um, wow. it, it's definitely changed quite a bit. Which it's been cool to see the reception it's gotten. I think it's you know it was all kind of done for the guest. Hopefully, you know, to kind of make it a little more simple because a lot of people they come in they see the the giant tome right and right. 
most people still don't know what half those ingredients are, you know, nor should they, right? Why would they know what five different Amaros from Italy are, you know? Right. It makes no sense. So uh, we've tried to pare it down and make it a little easier on the guest and, you know, again, bring a little levity into the situation. Uh, yeah. You know, well, we take ourselves seriously in the way we do things and in, in our craft, um, to use that word, I hate, yeah. but, um, you know, they don't need to feel that. Sure. The guests, right? What do you think to, like, okay, so to me... I've always thought of like, like, uh, like a Death and Company cocktail being something that is very, very specifically like, like a, a like a Bucare or De La Luzian, like, but like with like three different base spirits <laughs> of like, like it's a rye and a bourbon and a cognac, and then there's like always Benedictine, like I like this like going back, and I love all those things. Um, what to you? Is like an i like an iconic Death and Company cocktail. Um, yeah. and it could be one that's on the the list. I mean, because now it's you no, know, it's sure. Your show, I, I mean, so. I think look at some of those older drinks. Those kind of are the iconic cocktails. Um, yeah. You know, not to take anything away from you know Brian and Phil and Joaquin and all those guys. No, but they're awesome. It was a little bit easier to write drinks eight years ago. <laughs> yeah, you know, they were really going to make an impact. But you look like the conference. Right, it's, it's one yeah. of Brian's old-fashioned variations. It, it's real simple. It's you know, it's your sugar, it's Angostura bitters, add mole bitters, and then take the base and split it four ways. Yep, yep. Bourbon, rye, cognac, calvados. Done. It's definitely company as fuck. It's fucking delicious, right? <laughs> and it's so good and it's delicious, and I still make them every single night for guests of old-fashioned because why not? It's a great drink. So yeah. I think that's one of those drinks that is really like emblematic of you know the style, and, and we, we still you know we still root all of our drinks in classics because you know there's really no other way around it, but. Um, yeah, yeah, it's interesting kind of trying to find a way to keep pushing when it comes to creating cocktails these days because so much has been done already. But yeah, yeah, I mean, like the grass killed. It's one of my favorites. Yeah, man. I still God. make it, man. Still, still make them cocktail. too. Yeah. <laughs> that Brian Miller knows how to make drinks. Yeah, he knows a thing or two, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. What's uh, what's like one of your favorites uh, off the new menu? Um. I don't know, there's, there's some cool drinks on this new menu. Um, we've got a vodka drink on the menu, which is interesting. It's the first time we've ever had first that. ever, yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's a real kind of subtle martini with uh, with grappa and silver white tea and blanc vermouth, and it's real simple. With a, a really amazing vodka out of California um, that's pretty fantastic. Um, there, there's a couple of other fun drinks. Um, we've got one called Strange Encounters. It's a sherry-based cocktail with the Reisebauer carrot eau de vie, which... I mean, that stuff is just like out of this world good. Yeah, and man. Some, like, I've got spice I've, I've got a, and stuff like that. I have a vodka cocktail on with sherry and carrot to be on mine. <laughs> you know what, man? We should just merge the two bars. Let's like, do let's do it. We'll just do it. The same. <laughs> um, no, it's yeah. That carrot of is awesome. It's yeah, really it's, expensive. If, it is really expensive. If people knew how expensive it was, they like in the vodka <laughs> drink on my menu, they'd be like. I'll have the vodka drink. <laughs> yeah. If Kathleen knew I was only charging 16 bucks for that cocktail, he wouldn't. <laughs> I know, too. Yeah. I'm charging 13. <laughs> um, cool, man. Uh, do you guys still have uh, Mama's Little Yellow Pills in the can? Oh, we don't, man. No. Uh, <laughs> we've changed it up a little bit. We, we expanded the beer list and put some fun stuff on there. But, yeah, the Yellow Pills. We, we got a highlight from Little Ponies. So there you so, go. Yeah. As long as you got something, Lou Brown. <laughs> we do Miller Light in cans. Yeah, it's like, for sure. I think that's... I think it's important. I mean, not only for the staff, <laughs> but, you know, I've definitely gone into Death and & Company and had, like, a can of beer yeah. like, on several occasions. For sure. Yeah. People look at you real weird, but right. I'm just like, man, I own a cocktail bar. I have cocktails all the time. <laughs> yeah, I do this all the time. All I want is a cheap beer. I don't want to think about it. No. <laughs> I'm here to say hi, man. Um, well, that's great. Uh, 
Well, sounds like it's going really cool. Man. Like, uh, what do you guys have planned for the holiday season? I was going to ask, do you guys do much, uh, like, private parties and, and like things like that? Yeah, we'll definitely have some private party stuff going on. Um, it's kind of a wild holiday season, so coming up, uh, New Year's Eve is our anniversary. Yeah. So it, it's always quite the party, but this year, coming up on 10 years, it's, uh, it's going to be quite the bash, so... We've got some fun kind of programming coming up for that. I think we'll have a we'll try to fit in a guest bar tonight. Night, try to bring back some of the old guard and get them behind the bar again and have a fun party. And then, uh, you know, there will be some kind of holiday stuff going on. We'll try to put up some fun specials. We'll make you know some Tom and Jerry punches and and do that kind of great yeah. really festive stuff, which you know I love. And it you know yeah. kind of gets you into the get you in the mode of the holidays. But uh, in the New Year's Eve, we'll just be a, a big bash for all of our friends and families, and we'll lock the door and throw a party. Cool man. Yeah. Yeah, we're excited. I, I hope to see you there. Yeah, man. I hope you're there. I'll, I'll, I'll try, man. <laughs> I'll try. Um, I know you got a little something else going on with that, with that bar of yours, but... Yeah, but, you know, I, I might be able to sneak away for a little bit. Maybe. Cool. We'll see. Cool. Maybe I can con someone into working for me. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a Christmas miracle. Um, well, cool. Um, I don't think I really need to tell our listeners out there, like, how to find Death and Company, because I'm pretty sure if, if they don't know, then... Uh, <laughs> Then they probably will never find out. But uh, do you want to give them the website and everything? Yeah, website's deathandcompany.com. Yeah. Um, yep. We're in the East Village, 6th yeah. Street. You can find us. Same place you've been for the last 10 years. 10 years, Congratulations yeah. on that, by the way, man. Thanks, that's, man. That's a huge milestone. It's pretty wild, yeah, for for a cocktail bar, for any bar, for that matter, in New York. Yeah. 10 years is uh, it's, uh, quite an accomplishment. Yeah. It says a lot to the team. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. Well, cool. It's been great having you on the show, Tyson. Um Congratulations on uh, Death and Company. Congratulations on uh, World Class. Thanks, man. And, uh, hey, man, happy holidays. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers, buddy. Well, that's it for the Speakeasy this week. Check out Heritage Radio Network for many, many more programs just like this one. Cheers. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.